Well, our guest preacher today is actually no stranger to this church. He was our first director of modern worship long before Chris. Actually, he recruited Chris uh, as our first director of modern worship. He then went on to uh, be a director of modern worship at University Presbyterian Church, and he is currently the senior pastor at Union Church in Manila in the Philippines. His name is Steve Richley. Would you please welcome him here? And Steve has a great story to share about his journey over the last year. When I last saw Steve, he was in a wheelchair and he was told that he would never walk again. But that is no longer true. And he is walking because of his perseverance, because of God and all kinds of things. And he's here to share that story with you. And first we want you to see a video that kind of charts Steve's journey over the last year.
It is so great to be with you today. Uh, this church is such a special church to me. I'm, I thank God when I think of you guys. Um, you know, it's this community that has played a, an incredibly important role in my life. Um, this is the church that called me into ministry. And this is the church I served for several years. I, I grew here and I experienced the grace and the care of Jesus Christ during those years. And if I think about two words that really mark my experience of this community, it's, it's tangible care and the grace of Jesus Christ. And uh, so you have played a huge part in my story and have made a huge difference in my life. So I'm so happy to be here. And uh, before I begin my sermon, I just want to take a moment to say thank you I first want to thank uh, your wonderful pastor, Scott Dudley, uh, for inviting me to be here with you today. Um, he is a great friend and a great mentor uh, in my ministry. And um, as you saw in the video, I became a quadriplegic last summer and we lost just about everything. And uh, many of you here helped carry us during that time. And so on behalf of my family, I just want to say thank you to all of those who made us meals, who have given to us, uh, who encouraged us through the website. I read all those comments, and especially for your prayers, your ongoing prayers. Uh, you have no idea how grateful we are for all of our friends here at First Press Church of Bellevue. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. We're going to be studying Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Jesus heals a paralytic. <laughs> I chose this passage for obvious reasons. On June 17th, last summer, I was in a catastrophic motorcycle accident. I broke my neck and suffered a nearly complete spinal cord injury. Um, I was paralyzed from my shoulders down and was given less than 10% chance of any meaningful movement below there, uh, about less than 1% chance of walking. Um, so as a paralyzed man, I was drawn to this passage, for I long for the healing power of Jesus Christ. And I've been thinking a lot about paralysis. Um, while I am miraculously walking, I still suffer a great deal of paralysis. For example, from my shoulders down, I'm numb. I can't feel hot or cold. My left side's still affected. If you notice, my, my hands, you know, um, still suffer a great deal of paralysis. So it's not that you're either paralyzed or not paralyzed. Um, there are degrees of paralysis. And we all suffer paralysis in some way. We all suffer an inability to move or to act in some way in our life. We're disabled to do something, uh, whether it's um, maybe a relational conflict. <clears throat> I love that water. <clears throat> maybe uh, trapped with worry and fear around work or finances. Maybe disabled um, in some issue of health or stress. <clears throat> or maybe your voice is disabled. For <laughs> 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 we, 
We all suffer paralysis in some way. Thank you, Scott. I can't believe Scott's taking my water. We all suffer paralysis in some way, which means we can all bring ourselves to this message. Today, we are going to see a paralyzed man get healed by Jesus Christ through the faith of his friends. And it's been an incredible word of hope for me, and I really hope it's a word of hope for you today as well. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you called us here today, which means you have a word for us today, and we pray boldly for nothing short of a direct encounter with you, our living God. We know that, Jesus, you're at the center of this church, of this gathering, and so we pray that you would open not just our ears, but our very heart to receive your message that we might too experience the healing power of Jesus in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to read through Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and then we'll come back into this text. Starting in verse 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. Now, so many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door he was speaking the word to them. You see, Jesus is the, the greatest teacher. And so it's no surprise that on this, time, this day that he was teaching, that it was so crowded, people couldn't even uh, get in to hear him. Well, then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there. They were questioning in their hearts, why does this fella speak this way? It's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, at once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts what, which is easier to say to the paralytic that your sins are forgiven or to say stand up take your mat and walk but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins he said to the paralytic I say to you stand up take your mat and go home and he stood up and immediately took his mat and he went out before all of them so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This passage, we see the healing ministry of Jesus Christ, and we meet three people who encounter Jesus, and I'd like for us to take a look at the three encounters that um, we see. The encounter with a paralyzed man with Jesus, the encounter with the scribes, and then the encounter with the faithful friends and see what we can learn from each of these encounters. So the first encounter I want to take a look at is with the paralyzed man. So let's take a look at this scene. A paralyzed man was brought to Jesus and I'm assuming he was brought for physical healing, right? Yet, Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. 
Now, I can relate to this paralyzed man. After my accident, I was paralyzed from my shoulders down. I couldn't move a thing. I couldn't brush my teeth. Couldn't, you know, anything. And when you're paralyzed, what you most desperately want is to walk again. So if I were to put myself into the shoes of this paralyzed man, and if I were to hear Jesus after coming to him, if I were to hear Jesus say, son, your sins are forgiven, I might have thought something like this. Well, thank you. <laughs> but what I really want <laughs> is to walk again. See, the paralyzed man wanted physical healing, yet Jesus does not heal him the way that he wanted to. Jesus wants something deeper for him. And isn't it amazing that this man received forgiveness of sins without asking for forgiveness of sins, without repenting? This is total grace, total grace given to this paralyzed man. What this encounter really points to is that Jesus fundamentally wants to heal us in the deepest way possible. He wants to heal us in the deepest way possible. And it is a healing that we all have access to because he's already accomplished this healing for us. He wants to heal us in the deepest part of who we are in our hearts. Now, this passage, this encounter with the paralyzed man and Jesus has played an important role in, in the process of healing in my life because I can so relate to the paralyzed man. Um, I, want, I most desperately wanted healing, and I wanted it to look a certain way. And that was my prayer again and again. But the healing that I wanted, truly, it just didn't go deep enough. Jesus wanted to heal me more deeply. And it's also a healing that I can have. A healing whether I'm fully paralyzed or not. I can have this healing. I have access to it. Because let's face it, not everyone gets healed. People pray and pray and pray, and not everyone gets healed in the way they want, in the time that they want. But here is a healing that's so much deeper that we can have. And let's face it, let's say I do, or so, you do, so, we actually receive healing in the way and in the time that we want. Speaking for myself, I can get that healing, but if my heart is still hard and dark and enslaved, what good is that? What good is the healing? You see, when you're paralyzed, you want to walk so desperately that that desire can become an obsession. And when your healing can only look a certain way, then you run into the danger of missing the greater healing that we can have, a, a deeper healing that Christ gives to us. Well, that's the first encounter. Now I'd like to take a look at the second group that encountered Jesus, and that's the scribes. There were some scribes sitting there. The scribes were the theologians of the day. The scribes were the Bible experts. No one knew the Bible better than the scribes in Jesus' time. And they were questioning in their hearts, saying, why does this fellow blasphemy? 
only God can forgive sins. And you know what? They were right. That is absolutely true. The Bible teaches that it is only God that can forgive sins. That when we wrong someone or wrong ourselves, we are most fundamentally wronging God. And so most primarily, forgiveness is God's alone. So, there's, so Jesus is equating himself with the creator of heaven and earth here, and they knew it. That's why they called him a blasphemer. So they, they could see the truth, but they couldn't see the truth. They knew the truth, but they couldn't see Jesus and who he was. And so Jesus knew what they were thinking. He, they didn't actually say it out loud. They didn't say, what's this fellow doing? Only God can forgive sins. They were just thinking it, and isn't it amazing? I mean, I don't know about any of you. I can't read any of your minds, but Jesus can. Jesus knew their very hearts. And so then he asked them a question. He said, what's easier? And this is an incredible question. What's easier? To forgive sin, to say your sins are forgiven, or stand up, take your mat, and walk. Which is easier? By the way, does anyone know what's easier? <laughs> I mean, it is a mysterious question. You can read a hundred commentaries and there is no obvious answer to this question. But what I believe, I think it's so amazing what he's doing here, is, you know, yeah, he can heal somebody. But this question, you know, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven? That is going to cost him his life. That is going to be the far harder, deeper work because it's going to cost him everything. It's a question that I believe foreshadows his path to the cross. And these scribes miss this. Do you see the, the grace that he gives these scribes to point out to his deep, unstoppable love for them that he is going to act out on the cross? It's going to be far harder to forgive sins. Now, what this encounter points to is that Jesus wants to heal our heart. He wants to heal our heart. Jesus offers the scribes healing. He, he offers the scribes healing for their hearts. They, the scribes, get to see a sign that points to who Jesus Christ is. It's that Jesus says it, but so that you may know. Who's the you? It's the scribes. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. He then says, take, stand up and take your mat and walk. Jesus identifies who he is to the scribes. I would have thought he would have identified who he is to his best friends. But he reveals his identity to those who question him in their hearts. That is the grace of Jesus. And here's my question. Do you think that the paralyzed man would have been physically healed if it were not for the scribes? I mean, as a paralyzed man, I am so thankful for the scribes right now. I mean, think about the story. Some friends bring a paralyzed man to Jesus and Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. End. That's it. 
Well, thank you very much, Jesus. I mean, if it weren't for the scribes, Jesus gives a sign that reveals who he is by healing the paralytic. The healing was a sign for the scribes. Thank God for the scribes. I mean, the, he, the paralytic was not the only one who was healed in this story. In many ways, the deeper healing was, was available to the, to the ones who questioned him in their hearts. Unbelievable. Jesus is unbelievable. Let's take a look at the third group. This is my favorite group, the friends of the paralytic. This is an incredible story. Some people brought a paralyzed man to Jesus. But if you remember, Jesus is such an amazing teacher. People came from all over. It was too crowded, so they couldn't get in. So what happens in this story? I mean, the story could have easily gone something, and it should have gone something like this. Friends carry a paralyzed man. They, they bring him to, to Jesus. They're carrying him on all four corners, and they get to the place, and it's packed. And, I mean, there were people outside the door. You couldn't even touch the front door. So really, what could have happened was, you know, oh, gosh, I'm sorry, obviously it's crowded. You know what I mean? We, we can't get, get to them. So I guess today's not your day. So let's, let's bring the poor guy back and put him down. It should have gone that way. That was the logical thing to do. But these friends stop at nothing. They stop at nothing. They remove the roof. They dig out the roof. Now, we know that roofs today are made different than they were in the first century. And I've seen those roofs are made of wood and crisscrossed and straw and mud. In fact, the one I saw, grass was growing out of the top of this roof, and there was a hole in it. So I was taking all these pictures. I can't believe it. So it is possible to dig through a roof in that time. But who does that? Who would, do, do you realize how scandalous it would have been to dig out a person's roof and ruin their property? Unbelievable, bold faith. These friends would stop at nothing. And here is the surprise. And every time I think about it, go to it, I just can hardly believe it. I would have thought Jesus would have said, oh, paralytic man, you know, your faith. You, you have such strong faith, you're, you know, you're forgiven, you're, you're healed. But he doesn't. He says it was their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, whose faith? The friends. The friends who brought him to Jesus. Their faith inspired Jesus to act. What does this mean for us? It means that your faith can bring healing to someone. Your faith can bring healing to someone. You can bring someone to Jesus who can't bring themselves to him. And can I share how I've experienced this in my life? I mean, I have experienced this. When you're paralyzed, you can't move. And I needed faithful friends. And I was surrounded by faithful friends. And my friends carried me carried all four corners 
carried me to Jesus, carried my family to Jesus. And my friends stopped at nothing. They stopped at nothing. The bold faith of my friends helped inspire my healing. And I am sure that I would not be a walking miracle without the faith of my friends. And that includes you. That includes you. So thanks for being friends of this paralytic. Okay, we saw the paralyzed man, the encounter with the friends and the scribes, and then we witnessed a miracle. Jesus says, stand up, take your mat, and walk. My question is, what happens after you see a miracle? What do you, what do, you do after you witness a healing miracle? What did they do after witnessing this? Did they see this incredible event? I mean, unbelievable, hole in the wall, the whole thing, he stands up and walks. And then did they leave and think, hmm, wonder what I'm going to have for lunch? I mean, what did they do? It says that they were all amazed. All of them, even the scribes, were amazed and they glorified God. Because when you experience the healing touch of Jesus through his living spirit today, through his body of believers, when you experience this, it is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And it says that they left saying, we've never seen anything like this. They were talking about it. They were, they were saying, God, you are greater than anything in the world. And they left talking about it. We've never seen anything like it. And that is how I feel when I think about God's healing work through you. I have never seen anything like it. And it called all those people who saw this, and it calls us to worship, to respond in worship. You know, immediately after my accident, my younger brother was the first to arrive on the scene, and I knew that I was dying. So I asked him uh, to tell Michelle and my boys that I love them. And the only thing I could do, according to my brother, was to cry out and worship Jesus. I mean, Jesus, the one who is more amazing, the one who is more powerful than death itself. So may we do what they did. May we end in worship. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to sing over you a, a prayer of, of worship to God called I Stand in Awe of You because there's this great line that says, 
like nothing I've ever seen or heard. It's like nothing I've ever seen or heard. And it's what I've experienced through you, through the faith of my friends. And so I want to worship with you. So would you please stand and I'll sing this over you. Feel free to sing with me if you know this song, but let's, let's worship our living Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, you are beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension. Like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depth of your love? You are beautiful beyond description. Majesty enthroned above. And I stand, I stand. In awe of you, I stand, I stand in awe of you, holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand in awe of you. Would you sing that with me? We stand. And we stand, we stand in awe of you. We stand, we stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, we stand in awe of you. Amen.